Welcome to episode 52 of the Time for Teachership podcast. I'm so excited for this episode because I'm talking to two of my former students, one whom I had in my educational academic classes and one who I worked with as a student leader in student government. I am so excited for you to hear from Rachel Tagutu and Eliel Kudyoknen. They are brilliant. They are currently both in college, and so they're reflecting back on their high school experiences as well as speaking to their college experiences. I'll let them introduce themselves, but one of the things I want to highlight is I actually interviewed them separately and then edited the footage together. And it is eerie how some of their answers parallel one another, having not actually been in the same conversation. And so I'm really excited for you to hear kind of the themes that come up, as well as the different responses to the same questions that they had. So without further ado, let's dive into the episode and let's listen to some students. I'm Lindsay Lyons, and I love helping school communities envision bold possibilities, take brave action to make those dreams a reality, and sustain an inclusive, anti-racist culture where all students thrive. I'm a former teacher leader turned instructional coach, educational consultant, and leadership scholar. If you're a leader in the education world, whether you're a principal, superintendent, instructional coach, or a classroom teacher excited about school-wide change like I was, you are a leader. And if you enjoy nerding out about the latest educational books and podcasts, if you're committed to a lifelong journey of learning and growth and being the best version of yourself, you're going to love the Time for Teachership podcast. Let's dive in. Rachel Tsukutu, welcome to the Time for Teachership podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited for our conversation today. Can you start by introducing yourself for our audience? Hello, audience. Uh, my name is Sakyotu Gutu, and I'm from Tanzania, and I'm currently a college student at the City University of New York at John Jay. I'm majoring in political science. And um, outside of schools, I'm an, I'm an active individual, both on and outside of campus. So I'm, I'm, I'm a children advocate at the UNICEF USA. And uh, I, I'm working as a UNICEF Unite member, and also I'm an advocate member for the at the United Nations Association of the United States of America. I'm basically advocate for the for the New York City and the chapter to discover and discuss and find the solutions that affect the New Yorkers. I love it, and you are specializing in a track of education too, right? Yes, a track of education. Yes, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for you. Ellie, I'm so excited for you to be on the show. Welcome to the Time for Teachership podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, so for some of you that don't know me, my name is Eliel Kadugnan. Um, I'm from the Ivory Coast. I am currently a student at Grand Canyon University pursuing a degree in finance. Um, and I'm also uh, a counselor, a school counselor for the YMCA program. Yeah, that's just a little bit about me. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for introducing yourself for everyone. Dr. Bettina Love, she talks about freedom dreaming and the way she talks about it, I think is particularly profound. She says their dreams grounded in the critique of injustice. And so with that in mind, thinking about critiquing injustice, pointing out injustice, fixing injustice, what is the big dream that you hold for the field of education or kind of like, what do you wish school would be if it was kind of ideal? Oh, 
okay, what do I wish school would be like? Um, so I wish school was, well, it is, but I wish it could be more of a space where it's just a, like, I wish it was a space where students will come and learn skills that will help them in the future in a sense, because I've came across people through my years where they feel like school is just a space where they just learn English, math, science, and boom, and that's it. As of they want to be in a space, for example, let's say they want to learn about stocks or cryptocurrency and whatnot, you feel me? They just come to the to school and sort of sort of have like some type of specific class where you know teachers would focus basically on that. So I to me, I wish school was like a space where and this is me focusing in terms of high school and whatnot. Um, school was a space where stu students could come and learn skills that would help them in the future, if that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. It almost sounds like you're describing almost like college at the high school level where you get to like, yeah, say, this is the thing I'm really interested in. Let me test this out. Let me see what life is like. Like, even if it was a math class, but like you're saying, like you pull in your interest in finance and that kind of thing. I think that would be super cool and also doable. Like, I think some schools kind of do more of that than other schools. True, so. true, true. Rachel, what do you wish that school would be? If you could dream up the perfect school experience, what would that look like? So for me, I believe that um, what the school would look like is that first of all, you have to have the best curriculum for students and also to have all the materials that will help the students to learn and understand better. So, so that they won't have any type of difficulties to understand what they're learning in schools. And also for the school, they, uh, they should have the systems that will help students. Uh, for example, if they need help, they should have someone closer. They can be able to look up for uh, when they have any problem. That's such an important point that you're talking about asking for help and, and getting support really easily when you need it in school. Is there something that you think would be helpful for schools to do that would be like a type of support or a way to easily ask for help? For me, uh, based, on, based on my experience when I was in high school, I had a privilege to, to receive an, an extra help from school because, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get catch up with other students uh, based on the specific problem that I have. And so when I was in high school, I received extra time and extra care for, uh, in order to continue with my education there. And so for me, I believe that for the schools, it will be helpful for them to, to, have, to have a specific system that will be benefit for all the students. Rachel, thank you so much for sharing that. What Rachel is speaking to as well, I think from a teacher lens is really important because to set up those systems, like you're saying, it involves a lot of talking to the students and seeing what they need and asking the students, you know, what, what is the way that you can learn best? What supports do you want? Um, talking to families and thinking about that support for, so it's student, it's family, it's teacher, it's school. It's like everybody working together to figure out what's best for the student. And then sometimes offering supports like extra time or even I've had guests on the podcast talk about how their schools don't do any timed assessments. So just giving as much time as you need for all students, right, to be able to complete at their own time, it reduces, I think, that pressure of, oh, I need to do it right now. And if I don't, there's something wrong. But really, everyone learns at their own pace. So giving people that flexibility and support, I think, is brilliant. And I love that you brought that up. 
Thank you. So I'm curious to know for my next question, what mindset, so like kind of ways of thinking or approaches to education should teachers and also school leaders like principals and, and other mm-hmm. folks that are in the space, what mindset should they have, or maybe what mindsets have like effective teachers or leaders had in your experience that really make that dream come to life? Like, what is it about them and their way of like interacting with students or approaching education that really makes it possible for school to be that place where you can pursue your passions and have these like kind of personalized learning experiences that you were talking about? Throughout my years in school, like let's say in high school, right? What teachers have done in order to sort of incorporate some of the skills we want to learn in the future through their classes by, I guess, inviting guest speakers, inviting guest speakers in the field. Like, let's say um, you want to focus on health so we invite a doctor to come and speak to the students and whatnot, or sort of correlate what we learn in class with what we want to do in the future. Um, another thing is, if you don't mind me, I'm about to go a little off the rail, is like extracurricular activities, for example. I'm gonna give another example, the YMCA, for example. Um, there's times where, let's say you wanna learn about finance, they will bring guest speakers or take you to places, for example, visited um, Morgan Stanley in order for us to learn and whatnot. So I guess my thing is, I guess, create more programs or create like links sort of what we learn in class to things we, could, we want to learn or to things that are outside the classroom. I feel like that, those are some some ways to for teachers, to, I guess, or school leaders to approach it in order to make class more interesting or focus on the students' needs. Excellent. I love that. And I think too, one of the, I have a follow-up question because just because we've worked together in kind of like a student (laughs) leadership capacity. So what do you think, like in my research and in my Mm -hmm. program that I was in when I was at MHS, for my own school, I looked a lot at this idea, they call it radical collegiality, but basically it's like, teachers and leaders, like adults, they see students as partners. They see students as people they can collaborate with and learn with and lead with. They don't see them necessarily as like below them. You know, like I have to tell you all the things that I know and like, you know, nothing. And like, you know what I mean? And so instead of that traditional dynamic of like the teacher knows everything and the student doesn't know anything, like really great teachers that are teaching for justice and equity, are really partnering with students. And so I'm wondering like, what's an example of either how you've seen that or like how you haven't seen that and like what you wish would be possible, like what you wish, uh, you know, other schools, either your school specifically or just any school had for students in terms of like what that could look like. Okay, um, let's go back to our high school year. Um, prime example, student government. Student government, because, um, for example, when we, times when we had meetings and whatnot, and prime example, let's say when we wanted to affect do something in the school, right? We got the chance to actually sit in a staff meeting with the teachers and actually talk about the things that we wanted to do, and it wasn't like, oh, I'm the principal or I'm the teacher, and the idea you come in with is just not it. So they were trying to come with us and sort of like discuss ways of how to make idea possible instead of just rejecting it or say, oh no, that's impossible, we can't do that. And that's to me, one of the greatest thing I really appreciate about our our partnership in, in high school, if that makes sense. 
It absolutely makes sense. And I, yeah, I love the way that you said that too, because there might be like, here's a concern <laughs> this that we have. And like, we might not be able to do it just the way you described, but let's brainstorm together ways that that can happen. And so I think that's, that's a really good description that you, you have of what that looked like and what it can look like in other schools too, that might not currently be doing it, but my, you know, teachers might be listening and be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I could do that with my students. Rachel, what are those kind of mindsets or ways of, of approaching teaching that you think would be best to help that dream come true, to help everyone have uh, the support and the flexibility that they need to succeed? So uh, the way of teaching is that because every student have different type of learnings. Some of them, they use a visual, some of them reading, some of them, you know, like doing practice and, uh, and other types of learning skills. So for me, I believe as the teachers and the school system, they, they should have to combine together all, all the learning system and all this, that will be best for the students who are learning. So giving them multiple opportunities to engage with the ideas and the content in different ways. Yes, yeah. For example, like do, doing activities so that so the teacher can can connect to like say um let's say doing a game. They can they can connect that with a lesson and that will help students to learn and understand more inside yeah, and deep. I love that example because it's so much more interesting and engaging to play a game yeah. than yeah, to take yeah. notes. Related to the, to the lesson. <laughs> exactly. Related to the lesson. It's <laughs> yeah. a good point. Ellie, thinking about other things that schools can do if there are people listening, they're teachers, they're leaders. And there, it sounds like, you know, having that kind of mindset where students are partners, having that kind of creativity where you're creating classes that are personalized for student interests, like now and in the future almost kind of like a college class, like that, that takes some bravery, I think, to go, get away from the traditional way that school has always been done. So I'm wondering, like, what advice would you give an educational leader, like a, a principal or assistant principal or a teacher to like make their school more like that, more just and more personalized for students? Um, I'm going to say, listen to the students' needs. You feel me? Uh, Excuse me for the filmy part. We can edit that out. Uh, <laughs> but I'm gonna say, listen to the student need, and in a sense, where sort of do like a survey. Oh, you could be joking them and say, oh, what do you want to do? What are you interested in? Oh, okay. So, for example, you're interested in music. What in music you want to learn? Um, all these little things to sort of like for them to sort of have an idea of what the student need and try to accomplish and knock down what these needs are. I'm, to me, I feel like that's the best way to, to approach it. Because once you know what the problem is, it's easier for you to focus on what, uh, how to solve it. And I think that's the best way possible to, I guess, tackle those. That makes a ton of sense to me because also I think sometimes teachers assume that we know what students are thinking or wanting or whatever. And so there's no way to actually know unless you ask. And so I think that's a great point. I think you mentioned surveys, just talking to students. These are all ways that are really great to get to know your students and actually, like you said, identify the problem. So thank you so much. Those are really good suggestions. Rachel, I'm curious to know if there are other things like actions that teachers can take who are listening and they're thinking about, you know, how do I provide this support for every student and to to do this in the way that you're describing what things can the teacher or even like you know a principal do to make that possible are there any other recommendations that you would give 
I believe the only way they can do is to pay more attention to the students and to be uh, to understand what 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 is the students uh, what their skills is and, and how they adapting to doing the classroom and things. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think sometimes teachers feel like or they think, you know, I have to do all of these lessons and all of these, you know, we have to talk about all these things and all this content that we have mm-hmm. to do. We have to finish a whole textbook or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes it comes at the expense of not interacting with the students as much because they're trying to do the lesson stuff and the relationship mm-hmm. stuff you know, it kind of becomes like not a priority and it happens less. And mm-hmm. so I'm wondering, cause I think high school and college are so different and mm-hmm. you've experienced both. And so I'm wondering what is the difference being a, a high school student and being a college student in terms of the amount of time that you get to talk and interact and have relationships with your teachers? Oh, there's a huge difference. <laughs> There's a huge difference. So, for example, uh, in, uh, in high school, I had I had a close connections. Uh, I had a con- close connection uh, during the half time, and compared to college, college, uh, you don't get that um much connection because every single time, for example, if you need help, you need to go like the office or to someone that assign you that can help you. And so, for me, most of the time, I I normally use it as extra time. And, and going to tutoring to get extra help because because of my my learning my level of learning and understanding so I use what is not for me. And I love that you're pointing out too that sometimes in college that mm. it's a tutor it's not even the teacher that you're working with it's someone yes. else in like a learning center or something. Yes, so. Yeah. So that's another really important piece too, whether you know you're in the high school setting or the college setting might be to like, just make sure that everyone has, if the teacher is not available to at least have other tutors or support people to be able to help students. I think that the more people we have that can support the better. Mm-hmm. And even if that's another student or something, you know, to, to be able to have that support available it sounds like that has been helpful for you in in college yes yes it's been helpful so much as we think about like your own school experience and this could be any grade level you know kindergarten through college and in any setting you know what is an experience and you could share more than one if you can't narrow it down to one but what's an experience that impacted you the most or helped you the most or just is the most memorable experience in in school for you Ooh. I got quite a few actually. Um, one, restorative justice. I don't know if you remember. <laughs> restorative justice was definitely one um, because we actually got to discuss about topics that we were, I don't want to say we weren't able, but topics we didn't have time to discuss in school, right? So having extra, extracurricular activities that focuses on that was a great one. Um, another thing is, Sports, you know, I'm a big sports guy. <laughs> um, sports, and I think that's the best thing that the school could have uh, have done about applying sports. And yeah, every Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday, we focus on school math, but having sort of an extra thing outside of you just thinking, thinking, and you know, stressing to me was another great one. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, student government in this, uh, because we our students got to you know show some change in the school and got to do things that we never done before that's another one um yeah and some of the extracurricular activities such as the 
Big Brother Big Sister program and YMC and whatnot. Those programs, I guess, changed my views and sort of like built me into learning new skills, whether it's leadership skills, networking skills, um, and skills that I guess I get to focus on a specific, you know, on a specific skill, if that makes sense, in the sense where, let's say if I want to focus on finance, I got to, you know, go to places and got a feel of what it is and whatnot, and got internship in order to make that possible. And to me, what that was something that I always appreciative of. I love those examples too, because sometimes we think of school as just the academic part. And so all of those that you listed are all things that happen maybe outside of the school hours, or they're not like a traditional class if they are a class. And so I think that's really important to remember, especially when students are coming back now to in-person classes, a lot of times that, you know, they haven't seen teachers or been in a school building or had extracurricular opportunities for like a year now, in some cases where schools have been completely virtual. And I think so many teachers are like, how do we support students? And how do we make sure we recoup what people are calling like learning loss or like, you know, all of this stuff about academics, but it's also like, how do we make kids feel and kids so sometimes like in high school, you know, they're not young kids, but how do we make students and people feel like they're a part of a community? Like the, we have sports, we have leadership experience opportunities. We have the potential to like make these connections that aren't necessarily just academics. And I think your advice is so helpful. Your experience sharing that is so helpful. And I think it hopefully will translate to advice to people of don't just think about academics, think about the whole experience of students. So thank you. I think that's so brilliant. Rachel, was there a school experience that helped you the most or impacted you the most? I would say high school because uh, I remember during my last senior of high school, we get to experience like during active time uh, at the last year of school. So I remember we we acted upon the, upon the theme for immigrations, you know, for the immigration who come here to the US to, to receive opportunities and education. We, we had to act to present us, um, to present in front of the school during the school assembly. And that, that's what caught my attention a lot because by doing that, um, I mean, during, uh, during that experience, I've been carrying it on until now because I remember, oh, education is very important. It's, you know, it can help students, it can help your future. And that's the, and that's the best um, experience that I can get through my high school year. I, and I carried on until college time. And I think that's so important too, because sometimes in small schools, like ours was kind of a small school, the high school that we were both at. And so the community opportunity to stand in front of a stage and to present to the whole school was possible because we were smaller. Some people go to schools where, you know, at your college, for example, it's much larger. And so sometimes it's hard to have that space, but I love that you're speaking about a time when you got to be up in front of the stage, right. And up in front of um, people and, and being able to creatively talk about something that, you know, looked like your journey and also could be someone else's journey in the mm -hmm. audience. Um, and so that's, that's so profound. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> As we wrap up, what is like the most important thing you want people to remember about this episode or like one thing where a teacher is listening to this, they hang up the, the ear pods or whatever. And they're just like, okay, I'm going to go do something 
related to what you guys were just talking about, like, what is that thing you would encourage them to do or to remember? Um, the thing I want them to focus on again, just listen, listen to your students, um, listen to your students, focus on the needs that, you know, that applies to them. Um, get to know your student. Don't become too friendly with them, but get to them, <laughs> get to know them in order, you know, to, I guess, to see the change in classroom and personally, right. And personally, I, I had to learn that because, um, yeah, I said I was part of the YMCA and I get to run classes and me actually sitting down, getting to know my students and getting to tackle some of the needs was something that I was like, oh, I don't want to say none of my teachers have done that, but I wish they would have done that more with me. And yeah, so that's one thing I would definitely advise to, I guess, teachers, students, and why not? Students, listen to your teachers. Yes, that's what I would say, teachers. I mean, students, listen to your teachers because yeah, you're in school, at the end of the day, they're the ed educated. They have a license for that. So listen to them. Um, teachers as well, listen to your students because there's sometimes we feel like y'all just throwing everything at us. Yeah. But yeah, take your time, listen to these students. And yeah, that's that's all. That's what I could say. That's so profound because we, I was just talking to a bunch of teachers the other day too, mm -hmm. who were thinking about like, okay, what's, what's the most important thing, you know, that I want to do each day. And if we ask ourselves that question, like what is most important for me to do today as we're about to prepare a lesson or something so many times teachers are in the mindset of, I have to cover all this content. I need to get through this, like whatever it is that I'm teaching. But if we really take a step back and think about it, it's usually like, I need to make my students feel seen today. Like I need to make eye contact with each one of them and say their names. Like I need to, you know, make them feel like they are recognized. Someone cares that they're here in the school building, that maybe they were having a crappy day and like someone cares about that. And so I think that's such an important thing that you're talking about. And I love how you're also saying from like a teacher perspective now, right? You're in that role where you get to do that. And like, it's possible and you're seeing it's possible and you're seeing the benefits of students and like really reflecting on your own experience, which I think is really profound to be able to see both levels and for you to share both experiences with us. So thank you, Rachel. What would that thing be that you would suggest uh, people remember or do? I would like for people to remember that when students go to schools, they face so many difficulties and challenges that they have to go through. And some of the students, they may not have like, they may not have the privilege that like other students go, for example, in terms of financial aid, like extra help and other school system that the student will need to have in order to accomplish their goals and to fulfill their future. So for me, I believe that at the school, they have to create the system that will benefit all the students so that nobody can be left out. <laughs> yeah, I see. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for, for voicing that. I think that's so important. And if we don't do those things, you know, we're not really doing much in the way of education, right? If, if education is only gonna help certain students, that's not a very good system. It has to help all the students. And I love that you said that so beautifully. Thank you. Thank you. Is there something, and this is a question I just asked for fun at the end of every episode. Is there something that you have been learning about lately? It could be related to school, but it could be something totally different too. Mm. Yeah. So for me, um, something that I, I, I've learned so far, like something interesting that 
during my involvement at the UN because I was so eager and so passionate about uh, to learn about the globe and, and how and how things are going, you know, like uh, for international relations and affairs. So for me, my passion began when I was like in college uh, during speech day. So professor asked a specific question for students to come up with and how they're going to solve that problem. So for me, I picked up education and I picked the country uh, which was called uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan, yeah. I noticed that um, girls, girls, they didn't have the chance to receive education. Some of the girls, when they reached adulthood, they didn't have any chances to go to school on the film or something. So for me, that made my patience. And I, I know. And I was like, okay, so if this is a problem, then there might be other problem across the globe. So I'm like, okay, then I need to I need to find a way in order to find this. So this um this problem is needed to find the solution to that. And that's when I started to, to go around to check it for the youth organization, the program, so that I can learn more and understand and what are the steps I need to take. And so prior to my current to my current um, involvement, um, I've been receiving mentors who, who helped me to to tackle the problem, to find like step by step what I need to do, and also yeah, and also I've been involved like uh, doing like even conferences. Uh, there I learned a lot, like things things that I didn't know before. I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot. So yeah so that's that's how it has been so far for me and um i hope that in the future i will be able to help children across the world uh, who didn't have the chance to publication said yeah so that i can receive privilege like other people do that is so beautiful rachel thank you for sharing that and i love that it started as a as a project that your professor asked you to yeah you know, it think started about. there that's so creative i love that as a project and i I love that, you know, you decided to choose um, yeah. Afghanistan specifically. I think having heard about, you know, all the things in the news that's mm-hmm. happening in Afghanistan currently, mm-hmm. as we're recording this, um, that's going to become an even more important question, access to education for girls and, and women and that gendered aspect of how the conflict is going to play out and what impact that has mm-hmm. on, on girls and women in the country. So I'm, I'm really excited that you are um, one of the many people who is, is interested in this and you have all these mentors who are going to support you in, in creating, um, you know, a, an opportunity for people to have more educational opportunities. And so you are very inspiring. I'm so proud of you. And thank, thank you. you so much for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it, Rachel. Thank you so much for having me today. Ellie, what is something that you have been learning about lately? I'm, I'm learning every day. So um, I guess in terms of education, again, learning about my students and whatnot. Another thing, learning, uh, lately I've taken the time to learn piano, how to play piano, I guess. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a skill that I've been, well, something I've been trying to learn at. That's just me. (laughs) Wow, that is impressive. If you want people to like connect with you or like reach out to you, is that something you're interested in? And if so, like where is the best place for people to do that? My email is just my first and last name, lel.kadugna at gmail.com. LinkedIn is my first and last name. Instagram is lel, E-L-I-E-L dot K-D-G-N. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. And we can link those in the show notes of the episode too, if people want to click in. I'm assuming you're thinking about graduation down the road and looking at jobs. And so if people are interested in the finance sector, right, you're, you're <laughs> interested in internship, perhaps something connect with Ellie, this will be great. <laughs> he will be amazing. <laughs> thank you. Ellie, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, amazing educators. If you loved this episode, you can share it on social media and tag me at Lindsay Beth Lyons or leave a review of the show so leaders like you will be more likely to find it. Until next time, leaders, continue to think big, act brave, and be your best self. Thank you.